Everybody wants to be in Taylor Swift's box. Hello and welcome to episode number 104 of Unrelenting Now with Extra Zoomage. We're live. I'm Darren O'Neill. He is Gene Niftulif. We are live on X. We are live on the Mighty No Agenda stream. And we are connecting not with the feed of clean. We're crossing streams, man. But today with the Zooms. Yeah. Because you have assured me that Zoom is a much better way to go because your computer can't route the things the way you need it to. Correct. Route. Yeah. And it's yes. interesting with that because I really I wanted to get one of these Mac studios. And I, although, to be fair, I mm-hmm. guess if all I have to do is get the rogue Amoeba software to do. Well, the- yes, but remember that thing doesn't just create a little hack the way that the Motu thing does on the PC. It's actually creating a, its own buffer and its own driver. So it is not exact. There, there has to be a way audio. to do it, man. There has to be a way. Well, there is a way that's to use software that complies to the standards, which allow you to select which of the channels, not just which device you want to use. Well, it's intriguing. And I'm Somebody curious. Somebody should just add that to the browser. I agree with you. The, right. the solution for all this is just the browser should have that option. Like I don't know why it doesn't. On the last episode, really, the thing we need to do is see if the professional clean feed, even getting it for a month. Mm-hmm. if that allows it to break down all those channels then the question becomes why isn't this just built in to right. the browser yeah and i suspect the answer is that it's the professional is literally exactly like the free one we bring all of this information from podcasters who go through with similar things trying to just get mm-hmm. their gear to work man yeah well the gear is working fine i think i will say now that the, you sound great you sound exactly like you've always Sounded on clean feed when you played our theme it was just a tad hot you have to adjust these things as they're being mixed on the fly mm-hmm. it's a beautiful day though when the technology kind of works because all this is doing yeah. is the same thing as clean feed although you may even be it getting is. a higher bit rate yeah. i don't know you sound the it same it should be yeah mm-hmm. but it may be a higher bit rate you're not going to notice it much on voice yeah, not much in voice. <laughs> voice you could get away with probably forty-eight kilo k bit rate. Well, then you realize fine. once you get the voice, it's still then going to be compressed again into another MP3. So, you know that's mm-hmm. why you want sure. the best possible. Yeah. And that's I've noticed. I tend to mix my podcast way mm-hmm. brighter than i would if they weren't then going to mp3 because the whole process Mm. of going to mp3 right seems to kill a lot of that air end you know the high end of the frequencies so mixing it just a little bit eqing it just a little bit that's like oh this doesn't sound good in my the original wave or Mm -hmm. flack once that's compressed down to mp3 and most people are listening to it through crappy headphones or through god forbid the little speaker in their phone it's like that helps the audio i think be a little bit more intelligible because the last thing you want it to be is muffled and muddy as people are listening to crappy headphones you don't want muddy audio muddy audio sounds like crap exactly Mm -hmm. that's why you don't want it no 
today, I do have to point out right up front, we are uh, going to be talking about Taylor Swift because we are brought Uh-oh. we are brought to you again by Dale from Down Under, and he wants some Taylor Swift talk. Oh, does he? Interesting. He nice. Came in with one fifty four ninety seven. Well, hot damn, Dale! That's like a good ten x of what we get from anybody else. I mean, that's like a uh, that is. That? It's got to be like two hundred Australian dollars. It would have to be, yeah, because the Australian dollar he do. I mean, mm-hmm. CSB. This he's given more in fiat fund coupons than you're given in uh, those satoshis. <laughs> Dale is a hero. Dale is a hero. And I figured what we can do is go, you know, little by little, because he sent a nice note with a couple different topics. And when the only guy that donates wants to hear us talk about stuff, we're like, all right. Hell yeah. He says, hope all is well with you both. Well, I can't speak for Gene, but everything's all right here. It's all good. He said he had some unexpected travel, which I want to break that down to. What is unexpected? Mm. I wonder if he's like a, uh, a hitman. He yeah, works, exactly. Works for the government. He so, works for Five Eyes. Uh-huh. Sorry, Dale. Didn't mean to out you. <laughs> it's like some unexpected travel, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, how? When does that happen to people, huh? What kind of job might that be? He said that know, right? gave him some time to think, and he says, "Sorry for the long note, but you guys are the best on these topics." Yes, we are. He also says mm-hmm. he's enjoying the chats with mr n energy (laughs) (laughs) he says Uh always good to hear a different angle yeah right i mean i listened to just a little brief part it's in the queue but Mm -hmm. it it was uh recorded was that a zoom recording because it sounded like his telephone that he was was he on a phone yes yeah that's a good ear man he wasn't on telephone you could tell this wasn't a full right yeah it's the old time. I mean, you could tell when people used to old call time in, recording. Uh, would be, I, mean, I remember events just, you know, within the last maybe five to 10 years, even on the major networks, when there was something big going mm-hmm. on, when they had somebody was calling in via phone. It's like you never hear that anymore for some reason. I yeah. can't remember the last time I've seen a phone clip because the technology's there to do what way better audio and video if somebody's calling into your show yeah i think there's some still some people that and by some people i mean like middle-aged white political podcaster dudes that barely know a, a microphone from a hole in the ground right they're like what do i uh, do they still do shows with call-in numbers and you'll see this oh yeah it's so weird when a when a podcast says and call us at this number. I was like, what? You're kidding, right? You know, and I get it for these shows like Hog Story, which is a whole mm-hmm. lot of fun. You were on that show. I was once, yeah. They I, got I, the voicemail. Trying, I think it was the, um, if I remember right, it was during the Marilyn Manson accusations of BDSM. And so the whole episode, we just talked about like BDSM and, you know, keeping slaves and stuff like that yeah if you want to talk about keeping slaves and bdsm there is no better show than hog story they were very i i never got reinvited back because i think i i was too raw for them i was a little too adult isn't that how it is though with most shows that you go on you're not usually invited back well you invited me back hey i know but i'm an idiot (laughs) that's how it all works out 
but mm-hmm. the uh, the one guy you probably felt like, well, I've been on Gene's show twice. Maybe I don't have him on. The one guy that I'd love to uh, hate bring the clips to Planet Rage on Mondays. He's the liberal douchebag mm-hmm. David Pakman, who does a, I think it's just a YouTube show, hmm. but also does the call in and the audio is usually better on those so i'm wondering if that's more just like we'll have somebody in your on your staff record the question and put it through one of the filters because right off the box out of the box in adobe audition oh, it doesn't sound like a phone there is, well there is, mm-hmm. right and there is like a phone filter on audition okay. so it's like i think somebody just took a you know somebody from the studio then say something mm-hmm. into a nice mic and then run it through the filter to make it sound like mm-hmm. it's coming through a microphone or through a telephone but sometimes people need that. You know, if you're doing commercials. Why do you watch this guy? Do I bring clips to Planet Rage so we can talk about how stupid he is. Oh. It's part of the shtick. You guys do clips on Planet Rage? Yeah, we are very much like uh, No Agenda, except it's a instead of breaking down the mainstream media, we go further into even people <laughs> with alternative much, media. Yes, people with much smaller audiences. Mm-hmm. And our goal is not to tell you how they're lying. It's just to usually uh, tell you why they're idiots and why, hmm. and sometimes why they're lying. And it's more well, of a cathartic thing. We can get back to Taylor Swift here, obviously, but you, since we're talking about this, you might as well read CSV's donation. Wait, comic strip blogger came in with a donation. Yeah. Didn't you see it? Yes. <laughs> I always do because every time uh-huh. he sends one, he's like, did you get it? Did you get it? I know. Did you mm-hmm. get it? did you get it he doesn't ask me that because he knows i actually get them he says uh, with 9700 satoshis it's not quite dale from down under who came in with with 15,497 pennies that's like way more impressive mm-hmm. but csb says Riviet, comrades oh I, that was so loud i heard myself bounce back that was pretty loud no and that was you know how you heard it bounce back no out of my headphones and into the microphone that's how loud that was don't do that sorry if you're deaf now see this is the difference in uh clean feed that would have leveled that down as i got a little yeah. more excited yeah but if yet comrades gene and darren i want to recommend the podcast called planet rage which can be found at www.planetrage.show you don't need the WWWCSB. It is <laughs> reminiscent of No Agenda. Oh, how true. But features half Slavic Darren O'Neill in place of purebred Slavic Dvorak and 98% Irish Larry <laughs> instead <laughs> of half Scottish Adam. Everything to CSB is all about the mm-hmm. genealogy report. Larry, he says, has a. Can, such- I make a, can I make a Hitler jerk? Go ahead, sure, if you like. Man, Hitler would have loved CSB. He'd be out there sorting everybody in line. CSB is going to be like, this is not good to clip to send to other shows. You are totally ruining this read. Yeah. I'm not saying CSB was a Nazi. I'm just saying it would have been very handy for the Nazis to have. He may want to edit this if he wants to use it. He says, Larry has such a deep voice that when he orders a coffee, the beans grind themselves out of respect. Yo. I'd agree with that. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. can hear Larry, mm-hmm. he is the hero. Well, that's the thing is that it's a, CSB brings up a very good point. Is when I listen to your show with Larry, when he's talking, all I hear is a coffee grinder. Right, it's low. You're hearing a rumble. Mm-hmm. 
that sounds more like a uh, adult pleasure aid, but uh, coffee grinders well, a little. I wouldn't know, but I'll take your word for it. You've never pleasured anybody. I get it. Doesn't not part of my vocabulary, <laughs> man. But uh, we're going on back to Dale's letter. But thank you, CSB. We appreciate the Satoshis. Mm-hmm. And Gene walked all over your read. So if you want to complain to anybody, it's Gene, not me. <laughs> but uh, Dale says, comrades. I mean, just like the uh, CSB, everybody knows. Comrades, this is it. Tay is a cultural influencer to the largest segment of fertile women. Mm-hmm. She is a high-value woman dating a lower-value man. I'm not sure she's a high-value woman. I don't, I don't think I would call her that. Well, where would you put her? Well, remember, the value of men and women is calculated differently. Oh, I agree. If she was a man, I would say absolutely she's a high-value man. She has a high income. High-value woman is not a woman with a high income. A high-value woman is a woman that it has dinner ready for you every night <laughs> and bakes bread well and make sure the house is kept clean yes and not here's, here's by speaking thing. spanish well but she's got a billion dollars so the food will be there but it'll be cooked by a highly paid chef let me tell you if if a man wanted to be with somebody that has a million dollars he'd be gay billion dollars yeah a billion dollars he'd be gay you know, and a, and a billion dollars is like not a big deal anymore. A billion—that's nothing. When you have hundred billionaires now, you don't have quite trillionaires, not officially anyway. But uh, you got a lot of guys with hundred billion now. Billy, um, Billy Bone says, "Quote: This show is not sexist. <laughs> this show is absolutely not sexist. Right. We just call it like it is." But uh, Dale says, "So yeah, I would definitely now maybe." maybe she does love cooking and baking and you know i mean you'd know i wouldn't know and uh doing things that would make her a highly valued woman um i've seen her house and which uh, one she's got like eight of them now the i don't what i've seen one of her houses in nashville and it looks nice it's got a bunch of cats living there did you break it are you one of these are you one of these folks it doesn't matter it was it's past this was a few years back there, there's nothing illegal about that back a few years ago nothing untoward and, uh, when you don't get caught and uh i mean she's got like it's a, it kind of looks like a grandma house honestly she's got like photographs in the walls and, and doilies on the tables and cats walking around everywhere um so maybe she does enjoy cooking and baking and cleaning but i kind of doubt she has time for any of that stuff because she's working way too hard to make money that she doesn't really need bringing in a lot of dough and then flying across the world to watch a football game then she flew right back i mean that was the big news was was she gonna make it hates the environment hates the mother earth well there's no doubt and this is known i pointed this out there are a lot of things that the left worships that Mm -hmm. she totally ignores Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. i find to be kind of funny but not only, I mean, the big thing was she had to fly from Japan to mm-hmm. watch the Super Bowl. But right after the Super Bowl, I didn't hear anybody cover the story that she flew back to Japan. No, Australia was the next oh, stop. She's out by Dale. 
Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, maybe that's why Dale wanted to hear about her because he's at her show right now. Yeah. He's probably hanging with her. Dale's probably mm-hmm. like connected. He's like, if you, what are, do you think on, his man. unexpected flight was? <laughs> he had to be on the plane to the U.S. Yes. Just to watch the Super Bowl to fly back. He's like, Taylor called me. I had to get out. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dale, we got an extra seat. Do you want to come out for the Super Bowl? There were some quotes yeah. from Kelsey's brother who just, I guess, uh, was in the NFL and just retired. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anybody that plays in the NFL at any high level of sports in the United States is somewhat of a celebrity, has been paid very well. Once you're in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. you're you're on that 1%, no doubt about it. You're kind of a celebrity. And mm-hmm. he talked about all of the celebrities that were just clamoring because he was up mm-hmm. in the box with Taylor and the other wives uh, and girlfriends. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, at one point, he's like, I'm standing with Miles Teller, the actor. We're watching the Don't game. Who that is. We're talking football. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I hear Taylor's voice from behind me say, hey, you know, Jason, turn around. And he's like, I turn around and Paul McCartney's standing right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's just, it's a weird Huge life. football fan, I'm sure. I'm sure well, <laughs> he was at the Super Bowl. I guess no, that's, no, that's he wasn't at the Super Bowl. He he was in Taylor Swift's box. Yeah, well, he for brief. Everybody wants to be in Taylor Swift's box. Oh, now there's the ISO man. You probably even need to make <laughs> make a mark right now. I don't want to forget and miss <laughs> that one. Uh huh. But that's the level of celebrity going on. And then, of course, there was the story that Kanye spent big money in order to get a seat like right in front of that box really yeah i didn't know that and uh that she made a couple of phone calls and had him moved which i think if true she had him move yes jesus well he's a billionaire too isn't he or used to be oh he got divorced he used to be oh man that sucks for him he got divorced and he starts saying stuff against Mm -hmm. the uh the the jewish folks and the what these jewish the what? folks what which which folks he went anti-semitic they went totally say that again the jewish okay. folks anti-semitic uh-huh. kanye went crazy and all of a sudden people went oh uh-huh. yeah your shoe deal's gone buddy yeah he was yeah, making a lot deal. of money on that shoe deal you know i watched his interview with tucker and uh i think he came across extremely reasonable i don't know what kind of drugs he was on before but i think he's off of them he certainly has his moments. Yeah. And he's a, and, well, a very he was bright saying, guy. He's a very bright guy. I will absolutely agree with you on that. And um, he, I think, too late realized what a, a black hole leech situation he got himself into when he got married. And how that, in a lot of ways, fucked him over. Um, but... Um, yeah, I think if he could just keep the crazy down a little bit, I think he could climb right back up and then be able to buy that box out from underneath the Tay-Tay. Or he could be president. No, well, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> We're not going to have a black president. Come on. But he, he's not really black, is he? He's more he's more crazy than uh, he's anything blackish. Else. Blackish, right. There's a TV <laughs> show. <laughs> Which was good for a few years. But. That was a great show. I enjoyed that show. That was fun because the uh, the the dude character in that just did an outstanding job of being a 
a wealthy suburbanite black dude who just had to be angry about the white man all the time. Um, well, that was angry and, that his kids were acting more white than the white man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which exactly. was great. And uh, and I I really like Rashida. Uh, I I've always thought she was a uh, fun to look at. So, uh, you know, she's technically black, but in in any other respect, you'd, you'd be like, what? <laughs> what do you mean black? Yeah, it is Rashida a- Jones. Yes. Yeah. The wife. Yeah. The wife. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she's probably the most white acting, white looking black woman out there. Well, the daughter was too. I don't remember her yeah, name, but yeah. she was very attractive. Then did her she own was. spinoff, yeah. the college years or whatever. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I, I yeah, it's like grown ish or something like that. Okay. They, they did another ish thing. Okay. All right. But yeah, it was a fun show. I, I kind of, I, I definitely watched it. It only had one season, right? I think there were multiple seasons. Were there? Yeah. Maybe I they mean, were just short seasons. Maybe they were like these, you know, six episode seasons or something. And I think they started running out of steam after a little while, but it was a great mm-hmm. concept. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it wasn't I, totally I woke. That was the beauty of the show. It wasn't. It was. No, it wasn't. It was poking fun. Which is yeah. exactly uh, what you can't do now. That was mentioned on No Agenda yesterday the john stewart coming back to do some of the uh his late night show yeah what's up with that man well the they, fact that he's still you know he poked fun at biden people didn't like that you know he poked fun no. at trump you can't do both ways anymore that used to be the way no. i agree with what no agenda said back when he was on originally mm-hmm. it was acceptable it was everybody learned from johnny carson who I'm sure mm-hmm. was a liberal guy, but man, he pounded both sides of the political mm-hmm. aisle. And I think that's the way, if you really want to be a success, if you want to keep the whole audience, you can't go after just their guy. Yeah. yeah you yeah. have to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to see comedy in there. I mean, if you don't see comedy in the Joe Biden presidency, you are not good at your job. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm trying to remember what, um, what Adam's take was of John, because, you know, they work together at MTV. Well, I know Bill O'Reilly's take, which was John Stewart. Good dude. They worked. together. Yeah, he liked them. Yeah, they, they were would buddies. have some great debates. They did a pay-per-view special together for charity. Mm-hmm. And he tried O'Reilly tried to get him to do that again, which is how I knew this was about a year ago. Mm. So before the reboot of him on the, the late show. Mm hmm. And he wanted to do another debate kind of a thing because politics is getting crazy and Stewart wouldn't do it. And it's it has to be because you can no longer even be associated with somebody that has the opposite viewpoint, which is insane. Yeah. That Oh, no, O'Reilly, he's more of a traditional conservative, so I can't go and have a debate with. It's like, why? You know, that's got to the point to where you're going to see this if. Somehow Joe Biden is the presidential nominee for the Democrat yeah. and Trump is the nominee for the Republicans. You're going to get from the Biden camp. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to debate him. I am not going to give him that power. I am not even going to give him. I'm not going to platform him, I think is the phrase they use. Uh huh. Which is very, very interesting. It's like, what you mean? You can't for somebody that's that bad. You can't make your case. huh? Right. You can't. Yeah. 
I'm not going to debate somebody because I don't want them standing up on the platform making me look bad. Right. I don't want to give them any credibility at all. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that that's the where we're going. I think that, yeah, I, I think the debates are over. I don't think there will be any more presidential debates in the future ever. Um, well, maybe in like 10 years from now or something, because uh, Democrats just stopped it out. Like Biden's not doing it. And then, of course, Trump wasn't going to do him if Biden wasn't going to do him. So Trump opted out. And uh, for the remaining candidates that went, they got completely obliterated by the new kid on the block, uh, by Vivek. And so uh, I I think that's it. I don't think we're ever going to see. Well, at least not for a while. We're going to see those because I think next year they're just going to say, we're just going to do polling and that'll determine who gets picked. We're not going to do debates. Yeah. We'll put out our own. Maybe we'll do a town hall by ourselves mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a uh, journalist air quotes that will be easy on us. Then people are too stupid. Yeah, We're just going to have people doing what Biden did and just having, having like lunch with random families. And then talking to people that have been dead for 20 years. Uh, Yeah. You know, sure. Given that Vivek's young enough to be Biden's grandson. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, we need. I just think it's so insane that we have two geriatrics running. I mean, this is octogenarians. It's like this is this is nuts. These are not. I don't look. I, I went to Trump's rally. I'm pro- I voted for him last time. I probably vote for him again. But I really wanted somebody other than him, like a Vivek in there, somebody that was quicker on his feet, that was uh, more intelligent. I mean, let's be frank. Vivek is definitely smarter than Trump. Uh, he's not well, he only got more great education. Yes. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say is not only does he have better education, but he has better control of the english language well trump though might have more street smarts i'm not sure yet with vivek we he still has to be yeah i proven although i don't know that you can grow any company to be a billion dollar company without doing some shastering so i think he's probably got some of that you would know plus plus he's indian come on you've never bargained with an indian at a shop before wow now would he i'm just saying would he bring the same fear though into people like vladimir putin and putin is not afraid of trump that's I would, ridiculous but i will say the, the one of the funniest stories because you brought up the way the indian folks might like to bargain mm-hmm. the funniest story i ever heard from the guy that i've known for years and years and years and owns the carpet store that i worked for for years and years was a indian couple where the husband just kept asking you know how much and he mm-hmm. gave him the price. He's like, well, what's my price? Well, no, yeah. this is your price. Yeah. And he's like, after like five times of, yeah, but what's mm-hmm. my price? He's just like, just go. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the price. I can't do any better. Mm-hmm. I mean, although if that works, I mean, you, I would you just keep asking for lower prices, I guess. Well, that, that see, that's the thing that a lot of tourists don't realize in that part of the world is that all the prices that are written on anything or first price you're told uh is like four times higher than what they're actually wanting to sell the thing for right so so you start out officially high 
then you completely lowball them. Say, what? 4,000 rupees? Well, you're nuts. That's worth barely 200 rupees. And then uh, you just you slowly work your way down to the, what the actual price would have been. The, I think the reason the that America... Well, yeah, and they're like it's a cultural thing, and it is in the Middle East as well. It is in, in a lot of places in, in in African countries. It absolutely is, um, but I think a lot less so in Europe, and basically non-existent in the United States. So here, if somebody asks you what the price is, and you tell them the price, that had better be the price, right? Because if you tell them an artificially high price, they'll just walk away. And you will lost the sale completely. Like they're not going to even attempt to bargain you. Yes. We uh, have a lot of people now who are too afraid to even question, Hey, what's, can you, would you do better? Would you, can, you know, can you come down 20%? Can you do? Yeah. They're very, very strange. They don't, it, it, because it is not a part of the culture, but this mm-hmm. is why I've noticed it's easier at this point to get some better deals on mm-hmm. eBay when it's the, buy it now or best offer oh because you just lowball everybody yeah people don't want to make the best offer i think they think it's rude to come in under that price even though people are like well i'm just going to put it up high that way i can decide if i want to take that right. amount yeah and then nobody does and it's like oh well okay i'll, I'll mm-hmm. just because they're again they don't want any kind of conflict whatsoever and it's hilarious yeah. when watching when it comes to the american audience it's fun watching pawn stars which i know is very well uh, chopped up and edited and the ones mm-hmm. that are in the shop anyway you're not seeing the actual back and forth to figure out if they're going to yeah. sell it in the price it's a recreation i don't know they just did a couple of seasons where they go out to different places i think they were in austin they were in a bunch of different cities Hmm. And they're out there for three days and they get like a big, you know, venue where people bring their stuff in. My hmm. favorite thing is it's like, okay, here I'm coming in with my, you know, signed Sir Jean Poncho. Yeah. And you know, oh, well, it's, yes, this is very interesting. Oh, how much, how much would you like yeah. for it? And I'm like, I would like $10,000. Yeah. It's like, well, how'd you come up with that price? Well, you know, I was looking on the internet and Sir Jean's hmm. signatures are just very rare. You that's know, true and the guy in the you know rick's like well you know uh it's worth like 50 bucks i'll give you 20 bucks and they're like okay <laughs> you know, it's like wait you just went from i want ten thousand dollars to okay yeah it's like well, oh, I, the, 50 bucks, the only i've never watched pawn stars but the closest that i've come to watch is an even more pathetic version of the show which was kevin smith's comic shop oh i love that show it was so fun i mean it wasn't a real so ridiculous i know but it was fun it was not i mean you you weren't it, gonna watch it for the the items. no no it it's like you you take the most you know nerdy lowest social skilled people out there and then you add them being in new jersey on top of it and it's like <laughs> oh my god jesus christ these guys are insane well and, and they admit that it was all fake they're doing i mean, I don't know i used to I mean, be it's, it's, it's this real shop what are you talking about the people though there is a uh when i was on their patreon for tell them steve dave which is mm-hmm. two of the guys you know walt that was running the store mm-hmm. and brian johnson and also tell them yeah. steve dave is the guy from impractical jokers but their mm-hmm. their patreon they've been doing and i jumped off it like maybe a year ago because it mm-hmm. wasn't really worth it but they were doing 
a video behind the scenes episode by episode of that. So if you thought that okay. show was great, you can now go back and watch them breaking yeah. down every episode and how all those early episodes they were actors that they pay you know well, of course they the were i mean that's because no in. one actually comes to that shop it's a real shop but like most comic book shops the person working there has such a bad you know sense of uh how do you describe it they're they're gonna tell everybody that walks in what's wrong with them and why they shouldn't <laughs> even be allowed to touch these comic books because they're not worthy i mean this is a typical comic shop owner attitude i've only been in a few of them mind you but it's consistent in my experience anecdotally that people that run comic shops have such a high opinion of the comics and such a low opinion of their customers that it's it is hilarious to watch well you're a simpsons fan right i mean i mean i used to be when i was like back when Matt Grunick was involved. Right. Well, the comic book guy, though, that's that's pretty much the. Well, let me tell you. Yeah, you would not do that. You were you are not even mm-hmm. giving me a good offer. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, beautiful thing. But the guest stars were quite interesting that they had come through that show. And I think they yeah. had a decent audience because they were on right after The Walking Dead. So the people that were watching that. Oh, show, really? OK. I mean, I've only watched it on the Internet, but yeah. That was the reason why I think it had a following when it was live. Mm. But they had people that came in. I mean, Nichelle Nichols came in. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm looking for a. Yeah, I'm sure she's looking for something. Well, Mm -hmm. she wanted one of the action figures of herself. That was the bit. But but then the whole thing is right. The whole thing came down. Then uh, Brian Johnson's like, well, I'll pay for it. If we could recreate that first interracial kiss on television. Uh, (laughs) And I think she had a good time with that. I mean, it was. Oh, uh, why wouldn't she? She got paid for it. uh And then Lindsay Wagner came in the bionic woman. Oh, yeah. Because, well, clearly we know what their budget is. Yeah. These are people that would come down for $500. Yeah. Then probably. But Lindsay Uh Wagner, I mean, back in the day. I mean, oh yeah she was hot walt was uh smitten even now but i would yeah. say that would if i had to go back and think that was most likely my first you know celebrity crush would have been the really? bionic woman lindsey wagner yeah i think that was right about <laughs> i think mine was Aaron gray oh yeah well that was okay which was <laughs> because this was it there was the trifecta <laughs> when you think about it there was mm-hmm. the bionic woman Lindsay Wagner, mm-hmm. there was Aaron yeah. Gray and Buck mm-hmm. Rogers, and mm-hmm. then there was uh, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Well, yeah, and Carrie was the youngest out of the bunch of them. And it's like those, you know, for our era, that was mm-hmm. kind of it, and so much more, uh, so much more wholesome. It would seem than what's going on overall today. In, uh, in you know, I watched. Television. I think I, I'm pretty sure you don't actually read any of my tweets, but I, I. I only a, I only really read what days you, ago what you post on uh, the Fediverse now. I follow every one of those posts uh-huh. very closely. I bet you do. Yes, yeah. Oh, Linda Carter too. Yeah. Yes, net net. She's uh, that was a Linda foursome, Carter. Man. I don't. I would not put her in the same S tier. I would put her in the A tier. Um, I think she was certainly, you know, attractive by the '80s standards and wore fairly skimpy. Yeah, I was going to say the wardrobe helped. However, she was older and her body was not in as good a shape. I thought it was hilarious when she did 
the cameo mm-hmm. on Two and a Half Men after Ashton Kushner, Kushner, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, yep. took over. Mm. And it's like, oh, it's Linda. It's uh, uh you know, oh yeah, Barbara Eden, but that's a different, uh, completely. Uh, that's a little earlier. Era. But yeah, Barbara Eden was definitely a hottie. But Linda Carter, no, I mean she held up fairly well. Yeah, the show's not sexist or misogynistic at all. Uh, not at all. No, not racist either. No, no, you have one black friend now, so I mean you've totally wiped <laughs> that, totally wiped that concept out. Oh my God! Well, we're I I have to verify that he's black. I'm oh. not sure he's. Oh, you also black. have to verify that he's your friend. That's <laughs> well, that's true too. That's true too. Well, he know. said he was available to be my black friend, but I don't I don't know what that costs. You're right. Probably a lot. <laughs> probably a lot. Exactly. Probably exactly. A lot. But um, no, I was going to say the um, what I started off talking about Aaron Gray is there was a show that was done by Felicia. What's her last name? Felicia something uh, that was like a basically a youtube only although it wasn't on youtube i think it was on like one of the you know like yahoo or something or or uh uh maybe msn or something but it was basically a a video show about a group of these kind of loser-ish friends not really so much even friends but they became friends but they started off as video game players that like played together in a guild a clan you might a, say a clan you might say exactly um and uh and in the fifth season i believe of that show um and somebody's gonna remember what felicia's last name is um but in i think there was the fifth season uh, they had aaron gray come on as a regular playing herself as the love interest of one of the guys who's our age was it felicia rashad no definitely not hey i mean that's that's a felicia no, no, but it's, it's like that. it is a felicia no it's a god felicia she she's kind of a a b actress she's been in a bunch of stuff but as a one episode kind of guest um she's kind of got uh kind of cute looking not hot but just kind of cute looking but she's um felicia, I thought, day. Honestly, felicia day yeah, yeah that's the one the show was uh, called the guild the guild there you go perfect yeah so the guild i thought was very well done because it kind of captured the 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 characters on that show represent a lot of reality that i've uh seen in the gamer community God, i hate saying the word community oh even but, will wheaton for 16 episodes oh yeah yeah well wheaton was uh, he was the uh the main protect or antagonist he was like the the evil character it was evil will wheaton i think is much better than uh non-evil will wheaton that was like he does so much a better job playing an asshole which should tell you something than he does playing a straight man way more natural it's just amazing how well he can portray an asshole and uh he did the same thing on um uh what was the other show uh with the 
Yeah, the, the uh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. He did a good job of playing himself on that one as well, where he also played an asshole. So, <clears throat> Sheldon's nemesis. Um, and I, I think Felicia Day was on one of the episodes of that show as well, if I remember right. They had so many guests on that show. Yeah, they ran crazy. a long time. <clears throat> yeah, they uh, they managed to take all the memes and spin them together. Uh, but, you know, it was a happy ending kind of thing where all the nerds both got married and got the Nobel Prize in physics. So, I mean, it's a twofer, right? Yes. What else can you what else in life could you possibly want beyond those two things as a nerd? Um, Aaron so, Gray even did an episode of BJ and the Bear. Mm, yeah. 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 Well, she on Buck Rogers, I mean, there's nothing left to the imagination. The uh, the outfits on that show were uh, beyond skin tight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even the robots were skin tight. And that and, was 79 to 81. Mm-hmm. So that was right after Carrie Fisher. So Carrie Fisher came first. Mm hmm. Well, I thought the Bionic Woman came first in the late 70s. Let's see. When was that? But I would just say that uh, Aaron Gray, even uh, Carrie Fisher was the wholesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Gray was like the woo. <clears throat> Although in real life, that's exact opposite. Yeah, probably. But that's okay. Carrie Fisher was a. She was already doing drugs and uh, partying like crazy when she was 16 and 17. Yeah, the Bionic Woman, 76 to 78. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we hit that. We hit Star Wars in 77. And yeah. then in 1980 came Buck Rogers. Wonder Woman. Well, Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman right in there, too. Yeah. We don't have good TV like this anymore, no, man. We don't. We don't have good TV at all. You, uh, you look at what you got and it's like, it's nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Aaron Gray definitely on that show was, uh, but, but she's also my type. And that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, I, I like him fairly skinny. And you're watching Silver Spoons again. Like now there's. I definitely enjoyed Silver Spoons. Yeah. She's good on that too. <laughs> like the show may suck, but. Yeah. Well, and Silver Spoons was really the, the start of one of my favorite actors acting career. Oh man. Uh, you like, uh, yeah. What's the, what's his name from. Yeah. Uh, exactly daryl uh they what's um why can't <laughs> it's it, not, he it's played not he played that in the the show though Darryl. arrested development yeah um, right yeah uh god what is his name uh he had he, his sister he, yeah he had, and his sister was fucking hot back in the day and uh she was on uh that show where she was with michael j fox right she was the sister mallory mallory uh uh-huh she was the liberal one. He was the conservative one. Um, and their parents were total hippies. Uh, I can't remember the name of that show either. God damn. But um, yeah, we're getting yeah. old. Yeah, we're, we're getting old, man. What kind of memories gone completely? All the youth, all the useful stuff is somewhere in there, but the useless stuff gone. Well, I wouldn't mind that so much. It's mostly the useful stuff that's gone. The useless stuff still is rattling around quite a bit. Well, yeah, family uh, ties. Thank you, No Beret. Family ties. Yes, yes, that's right. And what is the uh, what was the kid's name? Jason Bateman. There we go. Why? Bateman. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the sister was something you something Bateman. <laughs> hey, we bring you the highest quality content ever. And incidentally, one of the the funnest episodes for people our age of Arrested Development was when his sister was the guest on the show. Justine Bateman, right? Justine, yeah, Justine. Another That's a hot, sexy name. You're like, hey there, Justine. Absolutely, yeah. And um, so she played uh, Jason Bateman's love interest on that show. That had to be a little weird, right? They really ranked up the whole incest thing. It was hilarious. Because <laughs> obviously she wasn't like his sister in the show. But. Oh, dude, I totally forgot that Jason Bateman started on Little mm-hmm. House on the Prairie. 21 episodes. He did. Yeah. He was like a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, our brains are rotten from too much TV. Did you know no, that's <laughs> thousands and thousands of hours of television just uh, polluting our minds? You know, other people read books. Nobody wanted to do that, man. Oh, yeah. Now you what you were either outside or watching the TV. That's the two activities: drinking water from a garden hose, mostly. Yeah, not worried about any of the chemicals that nope. might be in there. Doesn't matter because you know what we had. An immune system. Yeah, and it worked. Most <laughs> of us didn't yeah. die. Nope. Most of us didn't die. The ones that did died in the weird ways. But uh, going back to a Dale's letter, he's uh, the Taylor Swift. He says, in effect, it's a college edu- educated professional is Taylor Swift, even though I don't think she is. But dating a working class man directly mm. refuting a key pillar of the Mano sheer the graduation homecoming vibe of the Super Bowl and the increased female demo showing her influence. What effect on the largest remaining strata of fertile women would it have if Tay-Tay found herself with child in the next couple of years? Ooh. Yeah, she's a lesbian. That ain't gonna happen. I mean, lesbians get children too. Ask Melissa Etheridge. Um, do I have to? No, you don't. Uh, you don't have to. I mean, really, and Melissa Etheridge and her uh, wife, really, if you're looking for some good quality seed. She's part of the Dixie Chicks, right? No. <laughs> Do you go to David Crosby for the, for the I mean, come on. I mean, there's a lot. I know, but they're kind of in the same political vein. I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a little, uh, little bit different, but. You so, like, there's me. there's enough conservative country out there to not have to listen to liberal country. True. You sent me an interesting video, even though it was somewhat uh, idiotic. The who okay. is the male equivalent of Taylor Swift? Yes. And this is why I don't normally watch the videos you said, because I'm like, is this it? <laughs> is there is there a payoff somewhere in here? Is it going to be funny? <laughs> I thought it was funny. The answer is there is no equivalent. Damn it. Uh-huh. I think it was. Well, there is. There is. Coming up with guys that were not real. They you know, yeah, all well, of them. The Peter uh, Griffith is the equivalent of Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. From Family Guy. Just that yeah. big. That yeah. popular. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Even that though universal. It's in a different, a uh, little bit of a different age range. Donald Trump is, I think, the closest to the male Taylor Swift. If you're looking at. Somebody that people seem to adore, would fight, throw down for. Uh, yeah, no, no, definitely disagree with that. I think way more women are into Trump than men. If you go to these Trump events. Well, I think way like more women are going. into Taylor Swift than men, too. Exactly. That's my point. 
So it's it, it's what you've got with both Trump and Taylor Swift are personalities that attract women. Interesting. And then grab yeah. them by the pussy. Right. Well, that's what you have to do. Yeah. There's that's, five I think people Taylor on said both that sides. Once. Yeah. There are five people on both sides, she said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in her case, you know, she even grabs men by the pussy, too. Yeah. Especially that uh, Travis Kelsey guy. Whoever he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I saw a video of him walking around in some kind of a super gay outfit. I know, day. I know, with the sunglasses. Oh God! Uh huh. It's like so oh. she's basically treating him like a Ken doll. Isn't that uh, what most people with that kind of money do, though, in relationships? Uh-huh. Yeah, because she's the one with the money, so she's like, "I'm gonna get to dress you up." And it and is. Boy, did she ever dress him up! <laughs> like, okay, move on to the next one. There is a uh, a brand new version of the album that's not even out yet limited Mm. edition that has a additional song called do you need do you need me to put another fake order in for you the bolter no i thought about it but say have four four copies of the vinyl will be enough enough. yeah although i really i I will probably regret that Mm. because these albums that they don't continue to make go up Mm. in value i mean they're they don't have to be autographed they're mm-hmm. it'll probably be worth 150 to 200 bucks within a year hmm. so i mean if anybody's looking at if it's better than sports cards it's better than bitcoin you can uh you can make yourself some money but the bonus coins at 52 i know i'm looking i'm like okay it's might be time Damn. to dump the stuff out and uh holy shit was i wrong and wait for it to go down and then pick up some more yeah i might have to stop buying soon uh the uh cuz i i predicted it was going to be back down at uh, like 30 by christmas i know it's not it looks like it is uh, although the economy they're all tied together you'll see something happen but the bonus song on this new album is called the bolter so it's like is that just predicting that this guy's going to mm-hmm. leave then he'll be, it'll be the bolter and then she'll mm-hmm. find somebody else well he'll probably be killed by her fans if he leaves well, that That'll is the other thing, too. Do you really want to be a part of that? It is yeah. a it is a weird cultish type thing. Oh, it is a cult, period. Absolutely. And no, she's got rab- rabid fans. She's also in that range now at 34 years old. The the childbearing age for people who don't follow along. Uh-huh. It's coming to a uh, the door is going to start shutting. Yeah. Menopause. Uh chance of getting a menopause starting shoots up dramatically at 35 uh-huh you know people think oh that's 50 no 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 it's it's really it's virtually unheard of before 35 but after 35 a lot of women get menopause in their 30s even more get it in their 40s obviously but almost all of them get it before 50 so i don't know this idea of like oh yeah you could wait till you're 40s to have a kid is ridiculous no that's just not the case well and the chance of them being 100 healthy start going down right <clears throat> yeah you could do a in, in vitro with you know when they suck out the eggs get them all fertilized and they implant like eight eggs at the same time and then you can become an octomama <laughs> hey she's got and, the gas uh, uh-huh yeah, you got the cash, but do you, do we, I would think she'd want to use somebody else's body for that as well. You never know. This could be she has ramped things up to such a point, made so much money that mm-hmm. I could she see could her retire and bake. Right. Like well, it's start cleaning the house. 
Well, you know who else did this was Garth Brooks. Mm. Garth ramped up. Yeah. And then decided, you know what? I'm going to go spend like 10 years raising my kids and mm-hmm. then wound up coming back. But he did mm-hmm. it. You know, he was like, I'm just not going to tour, not going to do anything. And it's easy enough to release music now. If you're not touring, yeah. who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I could see that being like, you know what? Okay, this is it. Just did the big tour, made tons of money on the tour and be like, not mm-hmm. going to tour again for at least 10 years. You know, who didn't do that is Willie Nelson. No, that dude. Well, because he had the life that everybody either wants or doesn't want and spent all the money and gone through all the mm-hmm. women and smoked all the drugs and then needed more money and then got another <laughs> and divorce. had all the friends uh-huh had all the friends up until the point that yeah. he needed the money and then the friends disappeared <laughs> but willie's still going uh-huh. yeah still out there singing his songs it just it just proves the fact that uh smoking pot is not nearly as bad for you as drinking alcohol because all his be buddies true. were that were drinking alcohol are long dead if you have to choose between the two, yes, I think it's a healthier mm-hmm. way to go. Although you never know. It depends on your lungs, I would guess. Willie obviously had really yeah. good lungs. Well, he was a singer, so that tells you something. You know, it's really weird. I watched a video of, of him. It was a video of Willie over the years, and it started off with him as a baby, and then, you know, him as a teenager, and then early 20s. Willie looked like such a wholesome man right. in his early 20s uh-huh. you know with the clean cut uh haircut and shave and uh you know wearing the nice clean country music clothes and i was like holy shit that was so vastly different from what he started doing in the 70s you would look at the pictures of him then and not believe it was the same guy now Mm-hmm. mm-hmm and it was because he got tired but, of the music business but not just now like you wouldn't believe it's the same guy that was around in the 80s because his his look from the 60s to the 80s was drastically changed yes but the interesting thing is if and you, the music he played if you look at a picture of willie nelson from around mm-hmm. 1980 and yep. then look at him today he mm-hmm. really hasn't changed no, he hasn't changed since the eighties. That's true. It's like yeah. he looked really old when he mm-hmm. was like forty years old, and he just he just yeah. cruised right on through into ninety. Still looks old in his nineties. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing how that works. I saw Willie a few times live. Puts on a damn good show. Yeah. At least he did. I I've never seen Willie play live. I've seen Willie in person, but I've never seen him play live. The guy could pick that guitar. At least again, I'm going back a few years i haven't seen mm-hmm. him over the last decade or so but yeah he was uh part of the highwaymen mm-hmm. which toured and had to see that went with my parents and i i think that's my favorite iteration of that that genre you know the uh when when you get all the guys that had good solo careers together yes it just makes for so much more dense in a concert well they were you know, the Taylor Swift of their day when it came to you know yeah. country yeah, music, yeah. Mm-hmm. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson all. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Making a record. Well, they made a couple of records and touring together. It's like that just shows yeah. they were good buddies because otherwise the egos, you can't, oh, yeah. they can't be there with. Uh, there was a, a documentary about them on, I think, PBS did one back when they were touring 
and they definitely had plenty of damn near walking out and not coming back moments. And uh, a lot of them had to do with conflicts between Waylon and Chris Christopherson. A lot of differences of uh, how to live the life. Yeah, a lot of differences of politics, a lot of differences of drug use, a lot of differences in general, and like who gets top billing. And because uh, I, I think Waylon was kind of always living late to the party. Like he never really broke out and started making money until later in life, even though he was a great musician. He just, it, it didn't, didn't happen for him. Um, and so I think he kind of carried a bit of a chip on his shoulder for the rest of his life. Yeah. And he deserves credit from everybody that is a musician today because he was the guy that changed the way everything worked when it mm-hmm. came to record deals and what you got and how much money you were paid. He was the guy that kind of kicked down those doors and went, nope, mm-hmm. not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, uh, his voice was so good too. I mean, it wasn't as characteristic as Johnny Cash's voice, right. but, or as unique, but it was such a good voice. Well, and it was very unique. When you hear Waylon, you know, it's Waylon. Yeah. Yeah, you do know it's Waylon, but I still think Johnny Cash's voice is more unique. Oh, and Johnny Cash, when he got to the end of his life, his voice was even more expressive. Mm-hmm. Those final albums oh, were just yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so dark. It's very, very dark. Waylon um, uh, always had a little bit of that humor to him. Yeah. I remember getting in trouble in grammar school and we had to like do a thing with, uh, you know, poetry or something. And I had seen the, uh, the Whalen album, I think it was just called old Whalen. And there's a bunch Mm -hmm. of graffiti on the walls on this album cover. Mm -hmm. And one of the things said, moon is high. And so am I. (laughs) And I put that down and the teachers didn't quite understand where that was coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, I'm tall. You see, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's what you meant. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's what I meant. I think of the comedy, you know, another guy that I really loved from back then was Buck Owens. Oh, the Buckaroos, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Buck Owens. The Bakersville and then, of course, Roy, Roy Clark with the when they were in Hee Haw. Oh, my God. I saw Roy Clark once at a little theater here. And oh, wow. I've never seen him live. That would have been fun. He, I mean, this was back in again with my parents, probably. Mm-hmm late 70s early 80s and that guy could play he was insane uh, he was i think i've seen a lot of his videos including some of the earliest stuff back when he was in his early 20s uh his his ability to do super intricate finger work on both the banjo and the guitar are just legendary i mean it was it was like and, he, and he'd be cracking jokes right. while he's playing that right. shit. It's like, God damn, man, how much of your brain is this taking up? Because you got plenty of free for other things. Yeah, I mean, he's doing like uh, on the banjo what Eddie Van Halen would do on the guitar. Yeah. And he's doing a exactly. shtick while he's at it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, he would totally do stuff like that. His parodies of other musicians were like right on the money. Like you could totally see when he's doing a parody of, of somebody else, uh, you know, you could see the archetypes or traits of that particular musician. Uh, very, very fun, very talented dude. Um, 
and uh and he actually i think uh he was on uh the he all ran for a long time so he must have made some good money on that show you would think was he, he was a part of the people putting that show on right he i don't think he was just he a- was i think buck owens was the original guy that and then uh roy joined them in the second season and then like for the next 20 seasons he was there it's a decent uh, paycheck if you can get it yeah yeah and that was back in the day when when people uh tended to get residuals for uh rebroadcasts unlike these days where you get paid once well, and then you look at the musicians again today. Most of them play a MacBook Pro. You know, that's their. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, their that instrument. It's getting it's getting harder to find people yeah. that are instrument virtuosos because mm-hmm. you don't have to put the work in. I can come up with the music and type it into a thing on a computer and I can just hear it be played. I don't have to play it. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a there's obviously plenty of musicians right now but there's definitely a um i don't want to say a low bar for talent but it's lower than it used to be that's for sure which may be why so many people flocked to taylor swift because she could actually strum a guitar and write her own song not according to john and adam back in the day yeah they're a little bit more cynical (laughs) <laughs> but i was around i mean i was listening to country music when she broke and the uh-huh. the most interesting thing was it was the anti Brittany and christina because when they both broke right. it right. was like their look was the main thing yeah when, when you look at taylor swift at 18 you wouldn't even you'd be like yeah she's a plain girl i mean yeah yeah still is yeah now obviously has improved with uh age which very few yeah. artists have reba's one of those Reba's another one you look at earlier and you're like, eh. mm-hmm. and then Reba somehow got hotter as she got older, which I don't know. Maybe it's makeup. Maybe it's attitude. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's you. It could be me too. Um, yeah. I'll leave that to a possibility. Uh huh. But she broke out in country and was able to write her own songs, which most, a lot of people don't realize country music. Yeah. I don't know what it's like today. Cause I have not followed it for the last 10 years or so. But it was at that point, artists overall did not write their own songs. Right. There was a whole industry in Nashville, and there probably still is, that do nothing but write <clears throat> songs, that songwriters come in, yeah. and it's scheduled, which is very weird. Everybody thinks like, oh, music is so much, the people getting in touch with their emotions, and they just have to sit down and write a song. No, in Nashville, it's like, okay, today between noon and two, I'm writing with this guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know maybe but yeah it's a bit business uh-huh. hey maybe- um did i again it's unfortunately you don't actually look at my tweets at all but you do tweets uh, <laughs> you slash the x i do i do x's yeah hey, i tried to get people to f- go and follow sir gene tx oh yeah yeah x. i got it thanks for the reminder uh i need more people so i can turn on more features on my account people gene is so having a problem not- turning people on i i have a serious problem turning people on and even things in my account and so consequently i need like a hundred more people to follow me and then uh they can unfollow me after that i don't care but i need like a hundred more people to be able to fully flip on all the switches on x because you need a minimum number of people 
And uh, so any help in that regard will be greatly appreciated. Please follow Sir Gene T. But what I started saying is there's a, a gal that I really like named uh, Allison Young. And I've been posting quite a bit of her country music on there on X as uh, under the music hashtag. For those of you that used to follow me back on No Agenda Socials, you may recall that occasionally I would do streams of music posts. Um, yeah, usually in the middle of the night when you couldn't Usually sleep. in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. That's usually what it was. Is It was like, if I can't fall asleep, I'm just going to be basically DJing a bunch of music that most people have never heard of. I, I, I've always enjoyed having a, a, a very eclectic musical collection. And uh, now that pretty much everything I own in music is also on YouTube, it makes it very easily easy to legally do a stream where I'm playing music that I enjoy uh, without any kind of piracy, because all I'm doing is just posting links to YouTube videos. Um, but she is one of the people that I post links on there. And she is very much a traditional country music artist sounding musician. Um, what they would probably her, call like alt country now, if it's not the, uh, I don't know what they would call it, but it's, it's basically 1950s country music. Like the way what the Austin sound was maybe 10 years ago, maybe still is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just adore Kelly Willis. She's out in Austin has been for yep. years and just a very unique country voice mm -hmm. and her husband writes some good songs too bruce robison unfortunately brother charlie passed away man i loved seeing charlie in concert he was a fun dude charlie charlie robison i don't think i've ever heard of him he, play he was on the he was a somehow got to be a judge on that nashville star you know when they were trying to recreate the uh oh the rock and roll uh you know america sings whatever oh. those shows are called they did a show called Nashville star and he was one of the judges, although he was very, he was married to a Dixie chick at one point, hmm. but he was very much, uh, you know, party country cowboy from Bandera, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, uh, unfortunately he passed away. People die. Yeah. It's not fun. Get the good music no, while you it, can. It happens. Some people die in the airplane crashes, right? Buddy Holly Whalen was like, mm. Nope, don't want to fly yeah it's a smart move it was the best decision he ever made uh-huh i'll have to check her out alice and young a-l-l-i-s-o-n i pasted a bunch of links for you in the uh, signal so I'm you don't even that have got, to look stuff up we got multiple lines of communication open while we do the show people don't think we prepare and we don't and we don't <laughs> exactly <laughs> but the uh uh but I'm even doing this. I'm like, I'm, we're doing the show on the Mac and I'm putting these links on the PC down for you. So I'm not even using the same computer. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's wild. It's having the microphone on a boom arm that goes to the Mac. And then that boom arm can actually be right in front of me next, like right next to the keyboard on the PC is actually pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming if I ever got a Mac studio or one of the, uh, the Mac mini is like the higher end. Mm -hmm. I, I'm Damn not too. sure. I'm not sure I would actually get rid of the windows machine because the Mac no. mini is so small. Yeah. Yeah. You just get the thing that you can switch between mm -hmm. the two and go, oh, okay. 
Yeah, you could do the KVM thing. I just bought another monitor because monitors are so cheap. I need so more I'm actually for more bathed. I have I have <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six monitors surrounding me. Damn. Two on the left, three in the front of me, and then one on the right of me. I need a picture of that. Um I I could send you a picture. Yeah. It just can't be posted anywhere because the other part of that is that you can see Moscow I, right out the window. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, it's that uh, I tend to have uh, a, I use a piles storage system mentality. <laughs> and so I have a little pile of headphones. I have a little pile of microphones. I have a little pile of mice. I have another pile of cables that connect a variety of things. And all these things are just randomly on the tables around me. In case something so it breaks. Looks a wee bit messy. Yeah. No, if it breaks, I can't find anything. I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> so, like, I know I have 15 uh, mice sitting around here yeah, somewhere. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I would like to uh, continue with Dale's letter. Otherwise, mm. we are literally. Oh, my run. God. We're literally just doing Dale's letter the whole episode. This, okay. is it. this is all about Dale today. Wow. He says, I think the Tucker Putin interview is a narrative pivot. Enemies to frenemies with Russia. Mm-hmm. Our clean energy future relies on Russian resources. It's in all the Western policy papers. Russia's best hedge against China is America. Their best hedge against China is India. Although mm-hmm. 50 years away, at least India is moving with the purpose. India values sovereignty above all in foreign policy. Recently launching a Hindu nationalist movement, this like China's anti sissy boy drive. Russia's Mm -hmm. recent move against international LGBT is protection against America's latest cultural weapon, intersectional politics slash wokeness. You can follow it all back to the Cultural Congress OSS CIA set up in post-war Europe, which Mm -hmm. I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The thing people may or may not know, I've said it before but doesn't mean people listen is um, historically China has not been Russia's friend. The countries have a border and any countries that have a border tended to have border disputes, certainly back in the day. And so when China became communist, there was a certain amount of camaraderie that was there, but it was short lasting because Russia always or russian people really always had an attitude towards china if you can only trust them as far as you can throw them and uh during the communist days um there was a lot of shared technology a lot of shared uh, advancements that basically came out of russia and into china and then were copied and sold by china to everybody else for cheap so in a lot of ways that soured the relationship between Russia and China is when China started basically just stealing Russian tech and then uh, selling it to everybody. Funny how China does that, right? Because um, after after their relationship with Russia soured, and this would have been around the 1950s or so, um, China started making more preludes to the west and after nixon's visit um china 
started kind of doing the same thing with the US where they're they're like they were always or I shouldn't say always, but they they became Russia's frenemy. They were friends in the sense they shared a political system, but they were kind of enemies for everything else. And I think China has become America's frenemy. They're friends in the sense that they literally manufacture everything that America consumes. Right. Or parts thereof, because everything that that's labeled made in the U.S. is still made of parts made in China. That's just reality. It's uh, right. virtually impossible to find something that is made of raw materials from the U.S. that are converted to actual parts and then assembled in the U.S. Like you could probably count the number of products that fit that description on one hand. Yeah, most things are made of either completely in China or made of parts manufactured in China, but assembled in the U S or made of raw materials coming from China, but then actually manufactured in the U S and an example of that is like the wallet that, uh, I was uh, part of that. My, my buddy makes, which is a solid piece of titanium, but there is no titanium in the U S right. uh, titanium has to come from either Russia or China and it's illegal to import it from Russia now. So your only option for titanium is China. So even things that say made in the U S really are made of things coming from China. Yes. Parts sourced from, and I think Dale's point is quite valid from what I remember reading in all of these minerals and materials that russia has in abundance mm-hmm. are what's going into all of these things like the batteries yeah. for all these electric oh, yeah. vehicles so if you have to rely on i mean if russia's sitting there now like okay we are the country that has the highest capacity to produce what the rest of the world needs mm-hmm. it becomes very foolish to think you can do sanctions and take them out of the world stage if it's a country that you need in order to do yeah this kind of stuff well and i i'd mentioned the fact that the u.s still buys uranium for its nuclear power plants from russia that's excluded from the sanctions amazingly we, we gotta uh, get our uranium man yeah yeah because it's like well where are you gonna get it and then in instantly i got people say oh you're full of shit we buy all our uranium from canada it's like where hey, do you think they get it? No, we don't. Canada actually has some of the biggest uranium mines. Um, but Canadian uranium, A, costs more. But also, China owns the rights to mine uranium in Canada. So nice. if you think you're getting Canadian uranium, you are. But that Canadian uranium is being sold to you by the Chinese Communist Party. Because they bought the rights to mine. The Canadian uranium is the tastiest, though. I mean, really, it's the highest well, quality you're going to get. It's it's damn good yellow cake. I'll tell you that much. People don't understand. That the was com- a physics joke. Did anyone get that? Nobody no, got that. Not. They don't understand okay. the complexities of the world. They think it's all uh, black and white, and it's not most yeah. of the time. What's going on in russia and ukraine what's going on in and i think australia has uranium too if i remember right hey dale send us some uranium send some uranium dale yeah that won't get you into any trouble whatsoever no not at all just just put samples on the outside of the package and you're good to go Uh uh-huh 
Uh-huh. That, that just instantly clears customs here. He says the takeaway I got from the Putin interview, the business of America needs to return to business, not mm-hmm. fucking the rest of the world's business. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh-huh. I mean, who could argue with that? If we force, if you force us, we will cut you off. Yeah. I mean, this, I understand the people that are like, oh, you want to be an isolationist. It's like, okay, I understand the rest, what happens in the rest of the world yeah. affects the United States. But I also understand that mm-hmm. the billions of dollars you're sending in order to do something in Ukraine that mm-hmm. most likely is not going to have a lasting impact is just throwing money away. It is. Well, and the amount of negative press that Trump got for saying something which seemed very obvious to me, which is if you're a European country who is not paying into the NATO general fund, you will get no protection from the United States. And if Russia wants to invade you, they're going to invade you. And, I, I, you know, when Trump said that, like all the liberal press just went absolutely crazy, especially in Europe. Because they're like, well, you can't do that. No, it's uh, we have a pact. We have legal treaties with each other. Yeah. And and guess what? You also have a a legal obligation to pay for this shit, which most European countries have not been paying in the amounts that they're supposed to because it's based on your GDP. They, They haven't been paying in for 40 years. Right. It's basically just been coming out of America's budgets. This is an insurance policy. And. And I don't think there's a, yeah, I don't think there's a European country that has as much debt as the United States. Right. But we want to keep racking our debt up to pay for their stuff. That's literally what's happening is Europe's getting the free ride. It's like, well, somebody once said, fuck the EU. Who was that? (laughs) Um, Yeah. A a lot of people, but uh, Victoria Newland, maybe I think it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The clip that they play a lot on no agenda, I believe was her like that clip. But it's an insurance policy. If you stop paying for your house insurance today and your house burns down, oh, the insurance company will still pay, right? Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. You don't have car insurance and you run your car into a lake. The insurance company will pay for your new car, right? Nope. Nope. Yeah. And I think that for some of these countries, the deal was, well, we're going to allow the U.S. to come in and place nukes on our territory like Poland. But we're, um, you know, don't expect us to actually give any money to the U.S. for this. And so I think that there was a difference of what does NATO mean? Because I think for a lot of these NATO European countries, NATO was basically them just providing a a location for U.S. troops and for U.S. equipment and nukes. It wasn't so much a uh, we're going to be partners in a joint uh, military partnership, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, if Trump gets elected, which I still don't think he's going to be, but if he does, then, uh, Europe's going to have a very cold winter because I, they've, they've already had fairly cold winters and crashed economies due to supporting the wrong country with the whole Ukraine situation. And, if if the U.S. now expects them to provide, well, I think it's two or three percent of their GDP for NATO payments, and they don't do that, they're going to be fucked. I do think it's funny that Vladimir Putin was just quoted over the last couple of days saying he would prefer Joe Biden remain president over Donald Trump. I think that's hilarious. 
Well, it's true because I mean, I mean yes. well, you think about it. He said he he definitely has a better relationship with, with Trump. Trump, right? But he would prefer that Biden remain president. Right. That means nothing happens in the world. Yeah. The mainstream media is eating this up, even though they all wanted to believe Russian collusion. Yet they're now so carrying are they, the message. Are they, are they literally thinking that he thinks he's such a great president and therefore he wants him to remain? Is that what the media thinks? Probably. I don't see. I don't get it because Putin's wow. a really bad guy. But then when he says something like that, they want to use that like mm-hmm. it should keep Joe Biden in power rather than the headline should be, oh, we're fucked. We better get rid of Biden yeah. because Putin yeah. wants to keep him. Yeah, the headline should be uh, America's enemy wants a already deceased man to remain president well just joe's brain's dead he's still he's still technically alive hey uh i just got a pop-up window on my pc saying Uh window device will restart outside of normal operating active hours and you know it doesn't matter because we're doing the show on the mac oh it's like magic you can reboot right nothing happens okay i don't care you want to reboot reboot doesn't affect anything you got to reboots it yeah 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 Dale concludes with, is Trump conducting a massive onshoring operation to benefit the American economy slash people, or is he selling slash disguising a tactical retreat from your last position of strength? Either way, he's containment, not a sacrificial lamb. Stay unrelenting. I mean, that's a hell of a letter, Dale. It's a long ass ladder, Dale. Yeah. I mean, I can see why he sent in more money. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it took 90 minutes. If I would have just read the letter, I could have probably done it in 35 seconds. Uh, but 30, I don't know, man. It's like an hour and a half long uh, donation read in this show. That's what we have here. Unrelenting. It's different than any other podcast that you listen That's right. to. <laughs> and if you want to help support the show, you go to unrelenting.show. The information and send is a hundred dollars. Yes. Yeah, at least is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. fiat fun coupons not satoshis although if you want to send it in satoshis that would be about two hundred thousand satoshis i uh, something like that yeah it's going up they're going up they're going up though right now if you have a bunch of satoshis sitting around up. if you're like well i just yeah, had some bitcoin we'll, we'll take him and i'm yeah it may be time to uh because i can just dump what i have in bitcoin and i don't believe yeah i ever purchased bitcoin i mean i've never right. put money into it csb sent some bitcoin yeah, yeah. When he wanted yeah. me to send it to like Bandrew, he sent mm-hmm. me Bitcoin when I did him a, a favor to, to digitize you're gonna, a book. You're definitely going to get investigated because you're, you keep receiving money from these offshore accounts. It's not money. It's Bitcoin. It's not real. It's not even funds. It's gold. Oh, believe me, Magic. the IRS considers it pretty damn real. The uh, So it's like I can turn that in. I mean, I can afford a, a fairly decent computer with what's in the yeah. Bitcoin fund right now. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You got some Bitcoin sitting there. Yeah, and it could well, and you can you can get a pretty decent computer on Amazon, and you could get Amazon gift cards from Bitcoin. They the Bitcoin you can also do Apple gift cards. Oh, okay, so those are universal. Uh huh. Nice, which is a beautiful thing. And I did find uh, I, I we'll have to find the link. I can put it in the show notes. There was mm. another because the one uh, website that I used was Coin Cards or something like that, mm. but I found a new one. Also very legit, been around for quite mm-hmm. a while, and I did get a, because uh, Amazon disappeared. I don't know if it's on coin cards anymore or not, but mm-hmm. it disappeared. So I found another place that did it that mm. took lightning. It didn't even ask for an email address. So I was able to, with mm. lightning, pay for an Amazon gift card, 
it just showed you the code after you paid so you didn't have to oh, have wow. an account you just this got probably the, a stolen code i don't know maybe but it worked it worked it was fine it was all good mm, that's good but if you can turn your i mean that's always my theory and this is not legal advice this is not tax advice no. always pay your taxes i do yeah but if you can turn your lightning directly into a gift card does a tree make a sound if it falls in the forest and nobody hears it well and if you could do that without an email address and stuff then, yeah then yeah. it's just a gift card but how do you know where the gift card came from it's a gift that's a gift that's true you can get gifts now, there up is to what, a maximum bucks? there's a maximum yeah there's a maximum limit on irs for gifts i don't know what that limit is but i know there is a limit it used to be $600 per year per person or something that may have gone up or down with mm. the new. Now, there's a lot of people are going to be well, getting it wouldn't have hit. Gone down. It would have been going up, if anything. No, well, not the amount that you can have would be go. That would go down if they were like, well, you could you could get 600 without paying taxes. That could have gone down right. now to like 500, 200. I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think, think it would have gone up direction. It would have gone up if anything. The government's being more lenient and generous. You can get the money's worth gift. less now. Well, that's true. Yeah. Luckily, the, yeah, that's the thing you got to you got you got to remember is the closest thing that we have to a non inflationary um monetary unit is gold um it's it's not bitcoin bitcoin is gambling but gold is fairly well established and so you if you really want to see what different currencies around the world are doing then you should be comparing them to the price of gold right and in my the first time i remember i bought gold it was 400 an ounce damn it's right like now it's 18, ar- it's right? around 2000 an ounce. Up to yeah. two, wow and so and now it's not like it's taken many years to get to that point but well yeah it's not a you quick don't, rise you, like bitcoin you don't want to think of it as gold getting more expensive you want to think of it as gold's prices stayed static it's the same all the time the currency. difference is that the devaluation of the U.S. dollar and every other currency, incidentally, not just the U.S. dollar, currencies have to be devaluated because otherwise governments don't have any money to spend. It's it's a uh, it's very dangerous to have a currency that's actually becoming more expensive. If you have deflation, that is a much more critical thing problem for the government than if you have inflation high inflation is also bad but your normal state is really to constantly slowly be inflating uh the value of the currency or well de devaluing the value of the of the currency i should say so experiencing inflation makes sense what we need is we need a swift coin we need somebody probably to, exists to mint I, i'd be shocked if it doesn't exist right now gold is at 2022 that's nice uh, mm-hmm. they always got the new arrivals i like jm bully and every now and then i just look to see what uh what they've gotten some the, of the, the coins, biggest problem with gold is just the weight of it the density of gold is is so high that it's it, it's too concentrated and like you know, one ounce of gold is a very small piece of gold because of the high density. And that one ounce is worth $2,000. So it's not, 
it's not a useful thing in terms of unless you're buying a car or something or a house uh gold is not a useful physical means of storing that value um but it's certainly a, a way to protect yourself from inflation this episode brought to you by, by the gold, gold brokers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can get I wish we were sponsored pony. by somebody. Yeah, there's we're a, not. A JM, they've got some Australian kangaroo coins, one ounce, $2,099. So just a little mm. bit over spot. Kangaroo coins? Yeah. There's just a that's kangaroo wild. on it. Yeah. There's also yeah, my that's... little pony uh, uh, firefly coins. You can get oh, some. Please uh-huh. tell me you're lying. No. You're making this shit up. No, it's a one. From uh, Samoa, you can get oh, a one two hundred oh, of an ounce yeah. mm-hmm. for uh, twenty twenty four for seventy four eighty. But mm. that's what I'm looking at all this gold. I mean, if you're going to have gold, uh, No Beret points out that a Swift coin would be awesome, very easy to store, very flat. Mm-hmm. So wow, uh, yeah. You, oh, you can get a uh, Shohani Otani. I'm, I'm oh, sure no, I butchered that. his name, the Dodger guy. Uh, that's now he just left the Dodgers, right? He went somewhere else. Or was he with the Angels and he went the Dodgers? You can get people mm-hmm. on coins, all sorts of crazy stuff. It's interesting mm-hmm. what's out there that people will make because it's like it's gold. It's of course going to be a collectible, right? Mm-hmm. We should have Sir Gene coin. We should have unrelenting should coin. We? we just need somebody that can print this. You come up with a design. They boom. They take the gold. They take the silver. Mm. You just slam it into a coin. Whatever you want. It's probably better for you than having Bitcoin. I mean, right? What would you right now? If you like, if you could uh, convert your Bitcoin into gold, that a good idea. You still think Bitcoin? Yeah, better? that's a good idea. I think Bitcoin is. Here's the thing. I think this is where I'm probably different from a lot of people that are into Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin is going to be a great storage of value and possibly a way to hedge even way beyond inflation. Uh, and actually make money with it if if the current um well basically if if the the people that are running the world right now keep running the world <laughs> right <laughs> i don't i don't know a better way to phrase it uh if shit hits the fan in any sense if there's war in taiwan that the us gets involved in if there's war in iran that the us gets involved in um, these will have a temporary spike on Bitcoin followed by a drop in Bitcoin. And I'll tell you why is that Bitcoin is only accessible and universally tradable when there's a good infrastructure in place. And the minute that an EMP goes off, right. Bitcoin is done. Yeah. Your it electric grid all goes, value. your electric grid goes down. You know what else happens? Bitcoin yeah, goes communi- away. Yeah, because communicate and not not like even you can have the Bitcoin numbers on your SSD device that's protected in a uh, an EMP bag. That's fine. You're gonna have nobody to trade it with because it requires electricity to trade. So Bitcoin is one of those things that um, you know if if we don't have any major end of civilization events. I think it's going to continue to go up. And that's why I, I think it's probably not a bad idea to do what I've been doing, which is just buying, you know, a hundred bucks of Bitcoin every month and just not worry about it. This like, it's a hundred bucks that you're not going to really miss. 
or whatever that amount for you. Maybe for some people it's a thousand bucks for other people. It's like 25 bucks a month, but whatever it is, <clears throat> you, you just do it every month automatically. It's kind of you like should, a right. savings account that you don't touch. And if things don't go to shit, then you'll have a nice little nest egg. If things go to shit, you will lose all of that or it'll be inaccessible at least. And, um, and it should be a, not the majority of your, of your savings. And therefore you shouldn't be too sad if you lose it all. Well, here's but what you can do too. If you've got that, that's, not financial advice. No, you got that special woman in your life. They have on sale right now at the JM bullion is a 24 carat bangle bracelet, mm-hmm. 33 grams. I mean, if this isn't screaming to the, uh, no, Jen, the folk, uh, huh, that they should buy this for uh, it's, uh, 1.061 troy ounce of 0.9999 pure gold mm-hmm. you can get that today for only uh if you pay in crypto 27.75 you pay with paypal 28.61 so you get a bonus mm-hmm. if you pay with crypto maybe you should get that for the wife for our anniversary there you go yeah now, also keep a, in mind that gold is not a great trading commodity when shit hits the fan no, especially because, although I mean, you could probably just break this thing in half and uh, yeah, but it's worthless when it's broken in half. Here's the thing. No, it's gold, baby. Everybody thinks their gold has value, but the value is only what somebody's willing to give you in exchange for it. True. And in a shit hits the fan scenario, guess what I would be willing to give you for your gold Rolex watch that you paid $25,000 for bullets. I'm, Lots looking of bullets. At, I'm looking at, yeah. Lots of bullets, uh, 50 bullets. <laughs> hey, yeah. man, it seems like you're screwing Cause, me. Because if you got zero bullets and I have a solar powered watch to begin with, which I do, one bullet and you, is more I'm going to trade you, I'm going to trade you a, not a whole lot of bullets for that gold watch. All jewelry. And I, I it's funny we're talking about it because we talked about this in the last episode that I, I did with, uh, and I, asterisk asterisk rific energy um because i don't want to get this podcast demonetized right uh, one at a time we, we had a whole episode yeah one at a time we had a whole episode about prepping so and th- that episode is up if you haven't downloaded that one yet uh and that's sir gene speaks so podcast at sir and uh we talked about this and he kind of was like yeah you know i like having gold and that's like okay yes but Whatever price you're paying for gold, $2,000 an ounce right now, don't expect to get more than $200 an ounce if you're in a shit hits the fan scenario and you'd like to trade gold for food, gold for ammo, gold for anything, gold for gasoline, because the person buying your gold and selling something else, they will never get anywhere near that value that you paid for it originally now if they trade it. So they're not going to be willing to give you anywhere near that much money so maybe it's going to be 100 bullets instead of 50 bullets but yeah the it's definitely going to be way less than two thousand dollars worth of bullets gold and silver are great as long as you don't get into the end of times scenario you know the mad max scenario once you're in the mad max scenario then gasoline mm-hmm. and bullets and food and all that kind of stuff goes way I'm up. I'm telling you, lead is the most precious metal of all. Lead, baby. Especially if it's in a certain form. <clears throat> yeah, you can you can trade ammo 
you will always be able to trade ammo. And right now, you know, we've been bitching about the price of ammo for a long time because ammo prices went up. Now they're slowly going down. But I did the math fairly recently. And I think right now we're at a point where nine millimeter ammo adjusted for inflation, because we do have inflation, is at some of the lowest prices it's been uh, at least since the 1990s. So in the mid nineties, late nineties, we were able to buy a 50 pack of, uh, nine millimeter bullets for about eight bucks. So a hundred pack was about six. So about one, yeah, 16 bucks for a hundred. So about 16 cents around, uh, the cheapest I've seen right now is about 18 bucks for a 50 pack. That's so about double that price. But we're more than double in terms of overall inflation. So once you take an account for inflation, I think the ammo prices right now on at least the cheapest nine millimeter rounds are actually slightly cheaper than what they were adjusted for inflation back in the 90s. So it's what, 25 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. So their ammo prices are not bad right now. And that same uh, 50 round box of ammo you're going to be able to trade probably for a Rolex watch that someone's going to be willing to give you. So I'd say that's a pretty good deal. You can get 250 rounds from Midwest ammunition, nine millimeter, 115 grams for 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. 80 bucks. Yeah. So what, what is that per round then? So 80 by 250. Yeah. So what is that? Like that's 32 cents around probably 30 it's probably 33 33 cents around yeah (laughs) 33 cents around so yeah and that's you know that's about double but inflation is more than double so don't don't skimp on buying ammo there's no such thing as too much ammo if you're gonna buy gold you may as well buy ammo yeah 32 cents it's like 31.999 so yeah 32 cents around so i i did that in my head pretty quickly didn't i I mean, you are a genius after all. That's technically true. I'm, I'm certified genius. <laughs> You're certified a lot of things. Uh-huh. That's true, too. I've, I have been certified for a lot of things over the years. You're going to put them all down on your business card? No, you are not. I used to. I used to have them all down on my business card. I had like five different certifications listed at the same time. I just and picture you taking your business card out and then it like mm-hmm. folding down like 18 times. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like a George Constanza wallet business <laughs> right, card. That's right. exactly right. Uh, have you seen you've seen the video for the world's best business card, right? I don't think so. I'll, I'll try and find it. There, it. It came out like 20 years ago. It's an old video, but it's a guy showing his world's best business card to somebody that's interviewing him. And he explains why it's the world's best business card. And you have to watch the video because it's so over the top. It's hilarious. Um, but Baron Searched by the Mighty says, if you think the world's going to collapse, have an alcohol still, you'll have a job. You'll have a business. That's a true too. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good point because if you can produce something that you can trade rather than just acquire it right now by buying it and yeah, storing then you're it, rich. then you have unlimited potential. It's like Taylor Swift. So you just alcohol, keep singing and putting songs out. That's more money. 
And if you're her, you just sing the same exact songs that you used to sing, but now you redo them. them so. right. It's the yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for the re re redo. So the re know, the right? redo, and then there'll be the re re redo. Why didn't Prince do this? Because he was uh, continually putting out new music, and uh, ah, it's amazing. He had talent. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's that's. I'll just. I've said enough. Well, I will give you. He was <laughs> one hell of a better musician than mm-hmm. uh, Taylor Swift is. Yeah, probably a better songwriter, but yeah. she's uh, figured it out, man. I don't know when you try to find out the reason why she's as popular as she is. It doesn't make sense. No, because she's doing teeny bopper music. She's doing music for young girls. Well, it's moved a little bit beyond that now, but still well, she's doing music for 20 year old girls, right? Like 20 to 30. But what doesn't make sense? Ah, that's so not true, dude. If you look at, I saw these stats recently. If you look at her actual buying audience, the people that go to her concerts, they're not 20 to 30. They're 14 to 26. How do they afford the thousands of dollars? Parents, parents. Yeah. Literally, even the 26 year olds can't afford it. Right. Probably. Those are still bought by parents. Mommy, I want a Gucci Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I don't. We, oh, by the way, we saw the picture of your new vehicle, your new truck on the. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a X truck there. I mean, I would, uh-huh. I, would, I would get a car rather than the uh, the truck. But right, uh, the truck is clearly way too butch for you. That's true. There are so many uh, gay guys that like Taylor Swift. That's true. Yeah. She appeals to so many people. Yes, she does, and that should tell you something. I, I, I just, I think it's funny that you're so into her but it's a you have to admit there's not a whole lot of guys that look like you that are sitting there as her fans i don't know i've never really paid much attention yeah well take a look at her concert videos and well that's very clear you don't the only and this was uh on the one that they just released Mm -hmm. very clear watching the audience all women and totally gay dudes Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean it was a wait didn't she just steal madonna's audience then maybe but there was no doubt that this was cut together in a way to make sure because mm-hmm. we know there are guys that go with their daughters and stuff to the show you didn't see mm-hmm. any of them in the video it was very yeah, although they're, I, they're, I also they're understand buying snacks i've worked no well i've worked for country music artists so i know a little yeah. bit about this yeah. and uh, i've been attending I mean, if you watch the, uh, there's a video, which I don't think anybody really would care to see, but Mm. Martina McBride released a concert video back in the day recorded in Minneapolis. Mm. And I was there front row and, and, uh, oh, I forget the theater. Oh, it was in the theater. Yeah. It was in a, you know, not a huge arena. It was in some place that maybe held, you know, 3000 to 5,000, a nice old theater uh okay i know i know what you're thinking of i'm trying to remember what it's called i'm sure it could be uh easily figured i know where it's at it's off nicolet avenue and it's the god damn what was that place called yeah i I know the one you're talking about i don't remember but it's yeah the concept of when you're going to be recording putting the people that you want in the areas that's going to be on camera Mm -hmm. is uh is a thing so if you think that the people you see on any concert video are overall just random people who happen to be there, I mean, that may be the case, but it's also quite possible that 
the people making the video are like, oh, well, this is going to be the section we're using for the crowd reactions. And uh, here, we're going to give these tickets to, or as you're walking in, oh, attractive young girl, come on. Here, you get to sit here. Oh, attractive young girl. Oh, come on. You can sit here. Oh, Somebody yeah. just sent in money. And a millennial. Uh, that's asking, Darren, have you ever seen the clown that hides from gay people? Is that uh, Ryan Bemrose? 5,000 Satoshis with that. The no agenda millennial. He does that show, the MMO show the multimedia mm-hmm. offensive podcast or something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did i accidentally get it right so have you no i don't think so but i'm bumped there good job man good job was i supposed to <laughs> is it like the old joke how do you keep an idiot and uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. that's and exactly what it is yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it is yeah uh-huh. i mean people still fall for that one <clears throat> i know i mean right now net net's like well how how that was a that's a five thousand satoshis well spent. <laughs> was that it? That was it. This was uh, that was it. That was CSB's it. Right like there. this is the uh, <laughs> this is what I need to do. Better jokes, CSB. Better uh-huh. jokes. Better jokes. Uh, was it the Guthrie Theater? Oh, it might have been. No, I mean something. Uh, there's a, there's a couple old theaters that I've been to that that had uh, uh, live uh, live shows on, and it was uh, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't Prince's place, right? And I remember, no, oh no. And I remember the, okay. like the night before we went to see uh, Trisha Yearwood at another theater. There were two of them, like right in the, uh, mm-hmm. right in the same area here. Let's see. Uh, 41 best live venues in Minneapolis. This has got to be on this list. It's got to I mean, be in top there, 41. Man. That's pretty much all of them. I would think they're pretty much all there. Uh, it was, uh, they did a, uh, uh it wouldn't have been varsity theater no that turf club's way small first Ave, probably not because it's not a theater but uh that's where a lot of music was first played in minneapolis there were a hundred shows on this tour it uh it was 2007 to 2008 oh, fine line music cafe still around i saw a bunch of artists at fine line over the years um opened up in 87 yeah uh it's definitely not where's so minneapolis not minneapolis it was a beautiful town Target back then Center. you could yeah, actually it used to be used to be safe you could you could walk around there without having to worry back then and, i know hey. i remember we were like standing outside drinking beer and some of this like a homeless dude came by and he's like uh-huh. yeah don't do that they'll uh they'll, yeah they'll take it a homeless that. guy was giving you advice yes yeah. exactly uh-huh down it wouldn't have been the dakota would have been that wouldn't have been the caboose um it was a nice little uh, theater though yeah there's a there's a couple of them out there that are nice little theaters i'm still trying to find it in this list of top 40 41 different theaters <sighs> it's interesting that a lot of these are still around oh the state theater that's what it was i bet it the state have. theater is a very 19 30s looking kind of theater and it's about that size that you described that seems about right were you up on the balcony or no i was in the front row baby oh oh, front row holy shit okay yeah i was working for her at the Uh, time it's like oh you want historic state theater seats 2181 people so that's probably what you were thinking of sounds about right yeah because it's it a lot of the other venues are very modern this is one that actually looks very traditional classical theater 
Um, yeah, parking sucks there. Still does, I'm sure. Of course, as it does in most places. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that's how I knew. It's like if you were going to be on the video, you can see me just yeah. standing right there in the front row clapping around. I was a lot um, younger then. God, I'm trying to. Yeah, and it wasn't like there's also bigger theaters, but that would be like, you know, 8,000 people. But this clearly wasn't that. Or Target Center, which would be. Yeah, no, that's uh, even bigger. It was a um, nice little theater. I'm sure by the next time we get together, I can figure it out. That was the back Kitty before Cat Club. Back before Taylor Swift was a thing. Yeah. Oh my God, this place is still around. Holy shit! You want to um, go back? We have to do a tour, maybe of. Uh, I, I'm afraid of going back there. Honestly, I don't want to be disappointed by seeing all these places and how they currently look. Just be totally not, run down, totally screwed up. The whole city about to burn down. Uh, because of horrible yeah. leadership yeah exactly all of those things uh it was i i the i played at a couple of places in, in minneapolis but uh my uh my flaming jews band played at the luring so what kind of music was this um this would have been <laughs> i'm trying to remember what we did i it was uh reggae the Flaming Jews Reggae Band. Yeah, we weren't actually a reggae band, but what yeah, were that, you? We played reggae. Then. Uh you know, it was a very haphazard kind of thrown together last minute kind of thing. Oh, so, so like this show, kind of sort of like this show. So we all came from different. You know, like I played accordion and drums. At so, the same time, you are talented, my friend. I know, right? Right. I, I, got, I used my feet to play the accordion and wow. my hands to play the drums. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, no, we, we did. God, I'm trying to remember if I, I guess it was technically ska. It wasn't reggae. It was ska. Say good night, Gene. Uh, good night, Gene. <laughs>